This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by patrons like Chris Gentileo. Support Switchcraft and my other content for as little as a dollar and get exclusive rewards at patreon.com slash run jump stomp. Side note, no promises that I'll get your name right, but I will try. Also by Audible. Get two free audiobooks when you sign up today for your 30-day trial at runjumpstomp.com slash audible. Welcome to episode 84 of Switchcraft, your spot to find Switch-related content three days a week. We are going to start with a review. Lego Parsons reviewed the show on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, whatever it is that you want to call it. And he said, or they said, sorry, I'm not uh, prejudging gender, uh, but they said, this podcast offers just the right amount of news and reviews to meet my needs. Quick and to the point, the host doesn't put too much noisy content. Instead, just focusing on the biggest topics and releases. Keep up the great work. Well, thank you very much, Lego Parsons, for the review. I'm going to keep on recording these because you guys will listen to them. You guys are, you're the reason that I do this. So thank you very much. I also got an email from Jeffrey. I'm not going to try and pronounce the the last name because I'm going to mess that up. Like this is, this is even harder to pronounce than Gentileo. Uh, if I didn't screw that one up enough. Um, the email says, Hey, RJS, I wanted to give my input on the physical versus digital question. I had a PS Vita and used it a ton. I had more than 60 games. Of those 60 games, I had about 12 cartridges and the rest were all digital. I know this is very much a first world problem, but changing cartridges was a pain. I'm just saying I have really experienced this issue. Just consider over four years... Playing 300 days a year, that's 1,200 days. That's fast math. And multiple games a day, that can be thousands of cartridge changes. So obviously, the bad things, some of the bad things about digital. It costs more because you can't get the awesome Amazon.com prices or the Best Buy prices. Uh, you had to buy, the, he had to buy his own 200 gigabyte storage card for $78. Actually, that doesn't seem like too bad of a deal. $78 for a 200 gigabyte? Maybe I'm out of touch. Maybe I got to look that up again. I don't know. Um, number three, if you get some bad games or finish a game you don't want, you're stuck with them and can't trade them in. All three of those items add to not an insignificant amount of money, i.e. hundreds of dollars more to go all digital. The advantage of all digital is user experience. It's more fun and easier and more convenient. For me, video games are all about fun, so yeah, I'm splurging and making it a luxury item, but to go all digital, I'm glad to have it. Well, thank you very much for the email, and I like the way that you looked at both sides of it. And a lot of people will say, oh my gosh, you can't change the cartridge. But there's been a lot of times where I've thought, oh, I'm going to play this game, but then I find out, oh, the cartridge is downstairs, and 
I'm just feeling a little lazy today. So then I end up not playing the game. So I get exactly where you're coming from. Now, even though I agree with you, I would definitely go all digital if I were the only person who had a Switch in my house. But my son also has one. So I want to be able to share my games with him. And that's the reason why I go all physical. Uh, yes, I I agree with you. Uh, it is worth the extra X dollars per game probably in order to go digital. I do find it to be an issue that it's more expensive to go digital. I think that Nintendo should at least match, like, just match the prices in the eShop to where I can get elsewhere. And I'll, I'm more likely to buy a digital game then. In fact, it's better for Nintendo that way because and publishers because then I can't trade it in. Now, I know that in the past, it's been along the lines of the brick-and-mortar stores are kind of um, maybe blocking them from doing it. They're, they're saying, hey, if you um, if it's uh, not cheaper to go physical, then we're going to not carry your game or something like that. Uh, but I seem to remember some story happening recently. It's probably like five or six episodes ago, so that's like two weeks, and it's it's bad that I can't remember this, but I seem to remember that there was a story where there was a game that was going to be cheaper on uh, digital than it was on physical. And I was like, that's awesome. And this is definitely something that they should do. So I agree with you, but I'm still going to go mostly physical because I want to be able to share my games with my son. That way I don't have to buy multiple copies. Although I said that, and we have multiple copies of ARMS and Mario Kart uh, because we wanted to play them together. But multiple copies of single-player games. That's not something that we do here. Uh, anyway, thank you for the email. RunJumpStomp at gmail.com if you want to email just like Jeffrey did. And if you're looking to leave a voicemail, uh, you should do that too at um, 260-RUN-JUMP. That's 260-786-5867. Uh, let's go ahead and play a voicemail right now. Hello, this is Justin from Pennsylvania. Um, I just took your survey about the uh, physical versus digital. But I also wanted to say that um, I think the physical cartridge needing a digital download is the worst of both worlds. It um, You have to switch out your cartridges, and it's not all on there. So my big question is, if I want to resell my game of NBA NBA 2K, whatever it's called, will I then be giving someone a half a game? Would they be allowed to re-download the code? If I get a, if something happens to my SD card, will I be able to re-download that? That's my big question because the whole thing about physical is at least you can sell it to somebody else or let someone else borrow it. But can you now? I, that's a big question. It's something I just thought about as I took your survey. So just, I, I love the show and, uh, I think I, I just wanted to share that little piece of that little question for you. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Bye. Well, Justin, thank you very much for calling in to the voicemail. You're not the only one to think of this, although I didn't think of it. I also received a tweet from Rebecca. That's at V E U B E K E uh, on Twitter, and they said. Uh, Regarding physical plus download, it's fine if it can be downloaded with a used copy as well. Likely not the case for Resident Evil Revelations 2. So, man, you guys make a really good point, and that that has me worried. It's not something that I had considered. I never thought about that. Uh, the idea of trading in games 
like if I go and I pick up a used copy of Resident Evil Revelations, do I get the second copy? Uh, I think that the only way for them to do it is if it's not a download from the eShop, but a download uh, directly in the software itself. Because they, if they just offer a code inside, then that code, that's a one-time use code. And I really don't like this uh, if that's the case. Now, right now, we don't know if that's the case. So we shouldn't get out our pitchforks and torches yet. But Nintendo needs to address this. And the third-party developers who are going to be doing this, like Capcom with, um, with the Resident Evil game, they need to talk about this too. Or Bethesda with Doom having the multiplayer uh, as a download. That is the big question for me. You know, if we're going to be doing this, will we be getting a one-time use code? And you make an excellent point, Justin. If something happens to your SD card, do you have to, uh, can you download it again? Now, my my uh, gut tells me that the software is bound to your account once you put the the code in. So even if something happens to your Switch and you get a new Switch, Nintendo knows what software you have purchased a license to. And because you have that license, you should be able to download it again. But is the license transferable by trading in a game? That's the real rub here. That's the thing that we really want to know about. And I think personally that if they go this way, it's almost like a sneaky underhanded way of doing things. I feel like they're trying to bamboozle the customer. That's, again, if they are doing this. Um, however, if it turns out that that um, you just get the cartridge and it lets you download it, even if it's a uh, used version, um, then that's perfectly fine. Um, the second question is, if you want to play Resident Evil 2 on your Switch, and this just occurred to me, do you have to have the cartridge for Resident Evil 1 in the Switch? You know, that we go back to have, having to have the disc in the um in the console. This is a thing where we've we've kind of butted heads against a million times. Like on the PS4, you have to if you buy a physical copy of a game, you actually have to download it and then you need to have the disc in uh even if everything is downloaded on your system it's irritating and it's not the right way to do it but if you trade that game in the next person who has the um the uh the disc if like if they buy a used copy then they still get the whole game unless it came with a code that had like some bonus stuff so i'm not really sure about uh what they're going to do here It, it really depends on if this uh extra stuff is considered to be bonus material or if it's part of the full game. Now, if you have to have the cartridge in when you're playing that bonus material, then my guess is that it's going to be okay and that um, it's transferable, i.e. you trade in your cartridge, you know you can no longer play that content on your Switch, and whoever buys that car- that cartridge, they can play that content on your Switch. That's how I think it would probably happen. However, if you are just getting a code, then that causes some great concern. And I'm really happy that you guys, uh, both Justin and Rebecca, had uh, sent me messages about this. Because it is, it's, I tend not to trade my games in. So 
it's not something that had occurred to me. And I really want to know what everybody thinks out there and uh, what I think people should do. And I know that I don't have a huge listener base, um, but if you are somebody who gets on the Twitter, uh, the Twitter, the Twitters, I guess, and uh, you want to at Nintendo of America and ask them, what is it, like, how is this going to work? Hashtag, let's make up a hashtag right now. I'm trying to think of one. Um, I don't know. Hashtag cartridge gate. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. Um, so just ask Nintendo and see if they respond. If enough people are asking them about it, I bet you that they will respond. All right. Anyway, thanks to everybody for the feedback. If you're looking for ways to give feedback, uh, you can do a voicemail like Justin did, 260-RUN-JUMP. That's 260-786-5867. You can tweet at me like Rebecca did. That's at RunJumpStomp on Twitter. You can email me like Jeffrey did. That's runjumpstomp at gmail.com and of course i've got a discord runjumpstomp.com slash discord and you can stop by the live stream and talk to me there at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp let's jump in to the news all right this is really weird uh apparently every nintendo switch contains a hidden copy of nes golf which is really cool and I love I'm looking at the screenshot in the article which you can check out in the show notes and it really makes me want to play uh NES golf again. I played the hell out of NES golf when I was a kid. I played this game a lot and I really liked it. Um <laughs> you know, it's not a it's not a golf simulation game, but it's fun and that's really all a game is supposed to be is fun. Um so this is really weird. Now, right now, nobody's figured out how to play it. Um, there, the guy who originally uncovered it, who is on Twitter as at Q L U T O O Clutu, I guess, and uh, his name is Plutu for some reason. Uh, he basically disassembled the binary of what's in the software, and he says to trigger golf. You need to set the system date to the 11th of July. That's the date when Iwata passed. And then you have to do a Joy-Con motion. He says probably a golf swing. Now, he has not been able to figure out what it is yet. Uh, He then said uh, later on yesterday that the required Joy-Con motion is approximately 1.5 seconds long. He doesn't know which screen you have to be on. He hasn't been able to trigger it himself. Uh, but he's trying to figure it out, and so are a lot of other people. Uh, there's a, uh, a website called Switch Brew where they're trying to figure that out. And um, it's really cool that this is in. Now, the um, the, the date that Iwata passed, all right, why is that important? It's important because he was a programmer on the game, or he was the programmer of the game. So I like, you know, the idea that they put this in, as a little Easter egg, uh, because he was like the lead guy on the switch right up until he passed. Uh, the idea that they put this in as like a tribute to him is awesome. And I love that because of all of the video game people that are out there in the world, I feel like I have the most, uh, respect and reverence for Iwata because Iwata 
he was a gamer first before anything else. Um, he had like there's there's so many um, short documentaries out there about him, and uh, there's a lot of information about him. But uh, he summed it up best himself when I think it was at E3 when he unveiled it was, it was either the GameCube or the DS, and he said that on his business card it says president, and then. In his mind, he's a programmer, and then in his heart, he was a gamer. And, you know, anybody could say that, but when Iwata said it, you believed it. And I really hope that somebody figures out how to unlock golf on the Switch. And you know what's even cooler is that this version of golf apparently has um, emulated motion control or motion control in the emulation. So, you can play NES Golf using motion control. Now, this is not confirmed. This is a rumor. But the idea of this information being in the code of the Switch OS um, and not actually meaning anything is kind of small. I wouldn't think that would be a chance that that would happen. So I'm excited about this. And when I'm done, I think I might play some NES golf on um oh gosh on my arcade because I've got I've got an arcade cabinet that's got that on there then I ripped it from a cartridge uh anyway let's uh jump into a very very unrelated story well here's a story on gonintendo.com uh the info for the the source of this story is from one of their users uh Kamehameha X and they said that they were speaking to a Netflix customer service rep and they had asked them, "What's when, when are we going to be getting this for the Switch? And the, the customer service rep said, uh, Netflix is locked and loaded for the Switch and they're just trying to get permission to launch their app on the Switch and as soon as Nintendo gives the go-ahead, the app can be brought to the eShop. As of right now, they're just waiting on Nintendo to give the green light. Uh, now there's an update to the story. It says they've been provided with screenshots of the Netflix customer service chat where this came from that this is good news, uh, for people who want to watch Netflix on yet another screen for me, I don't really care, but my son is going to be super excited about this. And I'm sure that there's a lot of people out there who are going to be very excited about this. I just want to say that the source is not the best source. Not that Kamehameha is up to no good or anything, but we've heard a lot of times customer service reps uh, kind of going out of bounds on what it is that they're actually, what they actually know. And I'm not saying that the customer service rep is outright lying, but he might not have the best, he or she might not have the best information. And because they don't have, they may or may not have the best information. It's it's best to look at this, you know, with a, a, a an eye on the side of caution. So I I hope that it's true. Not for me because I won't use it, but for all of the people who really want Netflix and Amazon and YouTube and all of those other apps on the Switch, um, you know, more power to you. I personally don't want to run my battery down watching that stuff on my Switch. Because then the Switch might not be there for me to use to play games, which is what the Switch is really best at. 
Another reason I'm not super excited about this is because I don't like the idea of more of bloat coming to the OS. When you look at the Switch's OS, it is incredibly snappy and fast and really quick to get in and out of a game. And the more features that you add to an operating system, the slower that operating system is going to go. I compare this to my PS4, which I think my PS4 is a fantastic console. I like the Switch more, uh, but I think the the PS4 is a really good console. But what I don't like about it is the UI and the operating system is incredibly sluggish when you're trying to navigate uh, around the UI or if you're not actually in a game. It's really sluggish and irritating to use. Uh, So I hope that Nintendo doesn't add too many features which will slow down the otherwise super crisp and fast UI. Um, That being said, I hope people get what they want and uh, just be cautious about whether or not you believe this because we'll see. Let's jump into gameplay. Well, this week I played two more levels of Mario Plus Rabbids, and I have to tell you, that game is awesome, but I am so bad at it. I'm bad at it, and it's very frustrating to me because I make silly, silly mistakes. Over and over, I make the same mistakes. And as soon as I make the mistake, I'll know that I made it. It's not like I do something and then... Like two turns later, I'm like, oh, I should have done this. It's as soon as I lock in my move that I realize, you dummy, you should have done this instead. And that drives me crazy, and it just makes me mad at myself. And it's it's through no fault of the game. I, it, it would be nice if I could do my entire turn ahead of time uh, and then hit. And then once I was happy with it, hit go and have all of the things happen. Uh, rather than having them happen slowly over over the course of my turn. I think I'd be more likely to notice my mistakes that way, and it'd be easier for me to fix my mistakes that way. There's been a lot of times where I've gone to move a character, and then as soon as I move them, I'm like, oh, I should have put them one space to the left because of X or because of Y. Uh, Anyway, because of these reasons, I don't think I'm going to go for the DLC when it comes out. I'm enjoying the game. But the level of frustration that I'm getting from it is just a little too high. And there's a whole lot of great stuff coming down the pipe later on this year. So I think Mario Plus Rabbids, while I enjoyed it, I think I'm going to be done with it after I beat it. If if I beat it. Um, I don't... I, I'm at world like 2-9 or something like that. I'm, I'm almost to world 3. And I know the game has been out for a while and I'm only that far. It's because I've been distracted by other things. Um, I don't know how much more of the game there is, but it's not calling to me like I thought it would. Uh, I really played a hell of a lot of XCOM and I don't know why, but I felt like I could get my head around that a lot better. I, that might be because in XCOM, the movement was not so all over the place. And this is not a criticism lobbied, uh, levied at uh, Mario Plus Rabbids at all, because one of the things that I think is best about that game is how mobile the characters are. Like Mario can go all, like he can move a really long distance uh, before he lands and then still take a shot. Uh, you know, he can hit three, uh, two or three dudes in a t- in a turn. And it makes for some really fun gameplay. 
especially when you've got like um, a rabid Luigi and he can slide tackle multiple targets using vampirism on, on both of them. Uh, and then you have Mario come in behind him, slide tackle one target, then go over to Rabbit Luigi, jump off him, land on a second target, uh, land in a third spot, and then take a shot at a third target. Uh, it really makes for some, I don't want to say fast-paced gameplay, because it's a turn-based game, it can't be fast-paced, but for some uh, super dynamic uh, gameplay. And so I don't know how much I'm going to play more of Mario Plus Rabbids, but I I highly recommend the game to anybody that loves that kind of uh, gameplay. Um, Daz in chat says, I beat the whole game with with the main three characters, found them super balanced. Rabbid Luigi with a vampire weapon and vampire slide was so OP. Uh, TF Wagner says... I think they deserve the DLC support, so they'll get my money. And that's totally cool, you know? If you just want to throw money at them because you think that they did an awesome thing, I can get behind that. I'm probably not going to pick that up because with all of the stuff that's coming out this year, Super Mario Odyssey is going to take over my life, probably. As far as gaming, I'm probably not going to have time to play much other than that game when it comes out. Um, especially because I'm going to be streaming it at my at my Twitch stream, uh, runjumpstomp.com, or run, twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. Um, and then as soon as I get done with Super Mario Odyssey, if I get done with it in time, right after that, we've got Xenoblade 2, which is going to be a ridiculous, huge 200-plus-hour uh, JRPG you take those two games together and it's going to be tough for me to get back to Mario plus rabbits. So, uh, we'll see. Um, let's jump into the lightning round. And here comes the lightning round. We are going to be talking just a little bit less about each story so that we can get through more of them. We've got four stories to talk about. The first I brought up Xenoblade two just a few moments ago in the gameplay section and we'll talk about it right now. Uh, the Japanese developer account for Xenoblade, uh, at Xenoblade JP, they had posted a picture, a comparison picture, showing off the difference between the Nintendo Direct, which we got on September 14th, and the original unveiling of Xenoblade 2, which we got on January 12th. And the graphics difference is striking. Um, honestly, I, I almost wish that this game was delayed until next year, just because I've had, Nintendo has had so many absolute hits this year that it would be nice to start off next year with a hit like this. And I know that Nintendo wants to have a strong sales in, uh, in the holiday, I don't think that Xenoblade is going to be that game that gives them the strong sales in the holiday. I think that Mario is, and they don't need this this year. Uh, It would be better for Nintendo, I think, as a whole, uh, to delay this game until next year. Now, I mean, if if it's 100% done, and they're just sitting on it and waiting until the the release date, then that's fine. Go ahead and put it out. But if there's even a even a a little tiny bit of polish that still needs to happen, it'd be great if they delayed the game 
uh, from December 1st to maybe January. Uh, oh gosh, let's look at a calendar real quick and see what would be uh, the best. Probably, I would say January 5th. Uh, that would give them an extra month to get more polish. And But my God, the polish that they've done so far is fantastic. The difference in those graphics... And I'm not somebody who is usually like a graphics snob. Um, I'm pretty happy with things no matter what they look like because I'm not comparing them in real time to something else. But they've really improved on the graphics. And I'm looking forward to Xenoblade a whole bunch. It's going to use up all my time. I said that I was only going to talk a little bit, and here I'm going on it forever about a picture. All right, shut up, Bill. Let's move on. Layers of Fear Legacy is coming out for the Switch. Of course, it comes out right after the game was on Humble Bundle, and I bought it for the PC. I'm thinking about... I I don't usually play horror games, and I'm thinking about streaming uh, Layers of Fear in October and uh, do uh, what streamers usually call a a scream stream, uh, where uh, people can scare me while I'm playing the game. and I wish that I hadn't bought it so that I could play it on the Switch. However, that that's just because I love the Switch. It's probably better to be playing this not on the Switch. It's not you. You don't want to play a horror game on a portable anyway, because when you're playing, if you get scared, you might chuck the system. <laughs> uh, if you throw your Switch because you got scared in the game, and people are saying this is the like one of the best horror games ever made. Um, if you chuck your system because you got scared in the game, you're going to be pretty upset at that game. Um, playing a horror game portably isn't really something to me that's something I would want to do. Uh, so it kind of takes the advantage of playing it on the Switch away. And it it only sticks out with the disadvantages, which is a little bit less power so the game won't look as good. Now, I have to say, after looking at uh, graphics comparisons for NBA 2K18, uh, looking at the graphics of Super Mario Odyssey, looking at those updated graphics for Xenoblade 2, all of those things lead me to believe that the Switch is more powerful than we thought, um, especially like looking at the Doom graphics. like Those were really surprising to me, how good it looked running on the Switch. And I know it's a game that's a year old, um, but it looks fantastic. And I'm sure that Layers of Fear will also look fantastic on the Switch, but it would look better on the PS4 or uh, Xbox or PC, which is where I'll end up up playing it is on the PC. Uh, We've got some more reveals for the arcade Switch lineup. Uh, Famitsu, which is a Japanese magazine, uh, unveiled Excite Bike, Urban Champion, and Wrecking Crew. And I just want to make sure that I point out to people, this is not virtual console stuff. I mean, it's virtual arcade, you know, potato, potato. But these are not games that you've already bought because these are the arcade versions of uh, those games. And so they're slightly different than the console versions of those games. And so keep that in mind when you're making your buying decisions. We still don't have a price yet. I'm hoping that these games are $4.99 at most is what I would like to see to pick these games up on the Switch. Uh, Hopefully we'll find out more about that soon. Earlier, when we were um, doing the feedback section, uh, let's see, I think it was uh, Jeff 
who emailed they they mentioned they um the survey uh so we're not actually going to go over the survey today like right now we've got 25 entries in the survey and i'm going to give you guys some more time to uh answer the survey so we'll do it for another couple of episodes i'll just do reminders to let you guys know about that survey there's a link in the show notes that just says survey reminder of the survey my phone is ringing and um if you guys could fill that out, it's about digital versus physical. Versus physical. Uh, let me know what you guys think. Oh no, Mario! We've got to do something. I got it. You help us find Donkey Kong, and we'll help you find Herman. Well, that is all the time that we have for today. If there's a story that I missed or a topic you would like discussed, let me know. You can do so by all of the ways that I mentioned throughout the show through email, Twitter. Um, voicemail, Discord, Twitch, all of those places are ways that you can get a hold of me. If you're looking for ways to support the show, uh, my wife has an Etsy Etsy shop, which you can check that out at uh, etsy.com slash shop slash run jump stomp. Um, you can review the show. It doesn't cost you a thing. Uh, if you shop th- for stuff on Amazon, go to uh, my uh, support page runjumpstomp.com slash support and use the Amazon affiliate link for things that you buy like video games or you can well really anything but you know whatever it is that you buy on Amazon I, I would get a cut for and it doesn't cost you any extra money and uh, it, you could also join the Patreon for as little as a dollar uh, you would get to listen to the show live you would get show notes early um Sometimes, well, not sometimes, every month I make a poorly drawn sketch, which I do to the best of my ability, and I upload it to the Patreon, uh, as well as a video for of people, so a video so people can watch me struggle as I try and draw something. Uh, special thank you to Noteblock and Tom Winter for the music on the show. Thank you guys for listening to the show all the way through. And uh, don't forget to listen to the Audible ad at the very end. Uh, that, that definitely helps as well. You guys have a great day, and I'll see you next time. Switchcraft is brought to you by Audible. Audible is the publisher and distributor of the world's largest selection of digital audiobooks and spoken word content. Audible customers can listen anytime and anywhere to professionally narrated audiobooks across a wide range of genres, including bestsellers, new releases, sci-fi, romances, classics, and more. Get two free audiobooks to start. After 30 days, if you decide to cancel, you get to keep the books. If you decide to stay on, and you probably will, get one book every month for $14.95. In addition, you also get 30% off the price of additional audiobook purchases. Cancel anytime. Your books are yours to keep even if you cancel. You can sign up today for your free 30-day trial at runjumpstomp.com audible and directly support the show.